in 2007, I rode cross country. We were passing the bookshelf plateau. Basically, it took us all day to pass this rock. Howie is a recently retired software engineer from central Massachusetts. You know, you're riding beside it and riding beside it and riding beside it. Howie's cycled across America. He's done the Pan Mass Challenge, a 200-mile bike ride, 24 times. And now retired, he regularly rides over 50 miles a day. Add all that up, Howie spent a significant portion of his life on a bike. You know, you see lots of different things. We see deer, the suicide squirrels. It's, it's an issue. And, you know, they always come running out right in front of you. But... While you're out there, you get to see the world at a slower pace. Howie has a great love of cycling, but quite possibly owes his life to cycling when you consider the recurrent health challenges he's cycled through. Over the last 25 years, I've had uh, six rounds of uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Because of all the riding I do, they're able to hit me harder with chemo, with radiation, when they have to do it. This is My Body Odyssey, a show about the rewards and challenges of an active lifestyle. I'm Robert Pease. And I'm Valerie Wences. In this episode, we're going to ride along with Howie on his decades-long fight against cancer. In Howie's case, recurrent lymphoma, or cancer of the lymph nodes. Unfortunately, everyone knows someone affected by cancer. It's the second leading cause of death in the U.S. after heart disease. The American Cancer Society estimates that currently almost 2 million new cancer diagnoses are made each year. Cancer treatments, chemo and radiation are notoriously rough on the body. Patients often find themselves asking, which is worse, the disease or the treatment? Loss of appetite, nausea, weakness, fatigue can really start to diminish your ability to do the things you love, especially if those things involve being active. Yet being active is one of the main recommendations made for cancer recovery. But Howie didn't need to be told that. He was determined not to let cancer come between him and his bike. I've ridden the uh, Pan Mass Challenge. I've ridden it with pneumonia. I've ridden it with cancer. So what was your relationship like with exercise early in your life? Yeah, I mean, as a kid, you know, the bike was the means of uh, transportation. Uh, I went to WPI, lived off campus. And when I didn't have access to a car, the bike was the way I got to campus. Howie's always been an avid cyclist, but it was in his 30s that he started to love cycling for exercise for camaraderie, for the scenery, not just for getting around. Unfortunately, this was also when Howie first discovers a mysterious lump. Probably around the same time that I started getting into mountain biking, I thought I had a hernia, and one of my buddies said, go get it checked out before we go down to Hatteras to go windsurfing. So Howie goes to the doctor. The doctor examines him and says, it's not a hernia. You probably smashed the lymph node. It's, you know, inflamed. We're going to cut it out. So I got called into the doctor's office, and he says, I have some bad news. You have cancer. But the good news is we've already removed it. 
I actually went to work the next day. An oncologist prescribes Howie a low-dose chemotherapy, and afterwards, for a few years, Howie's cancer-free. But then, Howie finds another lump under his arm. It's a recurrence of the same cancer as before, small cell lymphoma. So this time, they use radiation. And again, I was cured. And a few years later, I ended up with a lump in my arm. Again, they radiated it, and I was cured. It goes on like this for years. Howie comes in with a new lump, doctors treat it, and Howie's cancer responds. Howie then goes through a period of remission, but only until the next lump. Such a grueling up-and-down odyssey. We wanted to know how common a pattern this is. So we reached out to one of the world's top authorities on cancer and exercise, or in the most basic terms, cancer and movement, Dr. Katie Schmitz. So the answer to your question is that I'm actually on my third career. My first career was as a professional classical dancer in New York City. Oh, wow. And it was as a fitness trainer that I decided I wanted to get a master's in exercise physiology. And I came across a single paper that changed the direction of my career. And it was a call to action. And it was basically saying, hey, you there with training and exercise and cardiovascular disease and metabolic disease like me, we need you over here in exercise and cancer. Just so people are aware, can you define exercise oncology for the layperson? Sure. So uh, the basic idea is that we are interested in the field of exercise oncology all the way from primary prevention of cancer to begin with, to potentially even intervening with people who are receiving palliative care and are towards the end of their life and everything in between. We introduced Dr. Schmitz to Howie's case and asked how unusual it was that his lymphoma returned again and again. Yeah, so I have so many things I wanna say about this situation. One is that it is actually incredibly common. Lymphoma is one of those things that comes back and comes back and comes back and comes back and comes back. And the good news is that some forms of lymphoma reoccur the way that Howie has experienced it, and that is that they are incredibly treatable. But the sixth time Howie's lymphoma returned, it wasn't so simple and not as easily treated. I started um, having problems swallowing. And they said, there's a small mass, but we're not seeing anything. We don't know what's causing it. The mass was positioned right at the bottom of Howie's esophagus, blocking the way to his stomach. I was basically days away from needing a feeding tube because of the size of the mass at the top of my stomach was basically blocking food going into my stomach. Solid foods were too hard to get down. Howie says the only thing he could do was drink smoothies and shakes like Ensure. He started to lose weight, but even so, he's still hell-bent on riding his cycling club Century that year. A Century's a 100-mile bike ride put on by many clubs throughout the country, something of a cycling ritual. Howie didn't want to miss it, even though it would be extremely grueling and require a lot of planning. I was living off of Ensure that year during our club Century. I actually sent ahead to the rest stops and shore. So I had something I knew I could uh, eat, but it didn't affect my energy. I just couldn't eat. Well, Howie, uh, you're going through these things like they're just 
everyday occurrences, but very few people that I've ever met have been able to ride a century with a condition like that. So I'm just wondering, were the doctors or other medical professionals, you know, a little bit surprised that you were able to do this, or did they try to talk you out of doing quite so much? It was do what I can do. I mean, none of the doctors were telling me to back off. Howie not only rode the century that year, he also rode the PanMass Challenge, which traverses most of Massachusetts and benefits the Jimmy Fund for cancer research. That's nearly 200 miles in only two days. How about any friends or family members who, you know, naturally just wanted to keep you safe and healthy and just said, well, you know, Howie, maybe you should skip the PanMass this year. I mean, you do have a tumor. <laughs> at that point, it was just a, a mass. It wasn't cancer at that. They didn't know it was cancer. I see. They did some more tests, and it just kept getting worse. They eventually, in one of the samples, found that it was lymphoma again. But it was large cell lymphoma. Up until this point, Howie's had to deal with small cell lymphoma. The fact that the cancer had changed to large cell lymphoma was not a good sign. The day after they actually diagnosed it as being lymphoma, I started RCHOP, which is rituxin and full-blown chemo. The size of it started to drop quick enough where I could start eating soft food again. As a result of that treatment, there's been nerve damage. The treatment, more aggressive this time, left Howie with some really challenging side effects. Now he can't feel the lactic acid build up in his legs, telling him it's time to slow down or stop. You're going up a hill, you're pushing, you start feeling the burn of lactic acid as it builds up. I don't feel that. I go past that point and then my legs shut down. Howie doesn't get the feedback that we're all used to when we really stress our muscles. But he's found a digital workaround. He monitors his heart rate, and when it hits a certain number, he eases up, even though his legs feel fine. I need to watch my heart rate and then know where I need to back off so that it doesn't get too much, so that the lactic acid turns off my legs. But the most important thing is that aggressive treatment seems to have worked. Howie's been in remission for many years now and certainly credits chemotherapy and his oncologist for that, but not full credit, as he believes cycling played a major role. They were able to do a more aggressive regimen versus someone who hadn't been exercising. And that might seem logical enough, but then again, pathology is so complicated. We all know or have read about very young, fit people succumbing to cancer, much older, less healthy patients surviving cancer. No disease path is simple. We asked Dr. Schmitz for clarification on Howie's statement. If you think about, in the extreme, a little old lady, 85 years old, who is frail and weighs, you know, 90 pounds soaking wet and doesn't have a whole lot of muscle, doesn't have a whole lot of fat, there's not a whole lot of her to deliver the chemotherapy to. And then you think about somebody who is, you know, a regular cyclist and cycles, you know, an hour a day, five days a week and has a fair amount of muscle mass and is in really excellent cardiovascular condition, maybe does some strength training as well. And that person 
when you look at those two people and you say, how much chemotherapy am I going to give these two humans? You are able to, quote, hit the one who has more active protoplasm, the one who has more muscle with more chemotherapy, which is treating the tumor better. So has Howie's love of cycling pulled him through recurrent lymphoma? That's quite possible, but hard to prove. It's also hard to say what lessons can be drawn here for the general population. Let's face it, some of us are not so likely to ride 100 miles or even a few miles with the side effects of chemo. In fact, Dr. Schmitz describes this as one of the great challenges in her field of exercise oncology. It is the $60 million question in exercise oncology because one of the potential criticisms is that exercise is good for those who can do it. Then is it actually the exercise that is good? Or is it that there are just some people who do better and those happen to be the ones who can exercise as well? Fortunately, though, the field's facing up to that challenge. So there are a small handful of folks that are trying to to answer this. And there are a couple of ways of answering it. One is to do trials that are very specifically in underserved populations to see if we still see the same effects. And the great news is we do. When we do those pragmatic trials, we actually still see many of the same effects, and those are published results. It is important to emphasize here how he was an avid cyclist prior to developing cancer. He didn't need to develop a new routine. And he seems to be optimistic by nature as well. In our conversations, how he would much prefer to describe the upcoming rides on his calendar than to look back on the ups and downs of his medical odyssey. Howie, it seems like you really love cycling. Would you be doing this much cycling if you hadn't had so much benefit from cycling? In other words, if you hadn't had cancer, would you still be doing this much cycling just because you love cycling? Yeah, probably. This year I did the uh, New England Classic. I did the Bonton Roulet, which is out in the Finglakes. That was another week-long cycling tour. Uh, I was supposed to be leaving tomorrow for North Carolina, but the hurricane kind of is interrupting that that week-long tour. So we have found a situation that you won't ride through, Howie, a hurricane. Yes, yeah. <laughs> well, Howie, how, how many miles in total would you estimate that you have cycled in your life? Have you ever made that, that I, calculation? I, haven't, or- I have not made that calculation, but... I mean, I'm I'm sure I'm I'm up near definitely fifty thousand, probably closer to a hundred thousand. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's a few times around the planet on a bike. That's pretty good. Yeah. And from those laps around the planet, a few moments really stand out for him. Moments where he's seeing the world at a slower pace. The Kangamangas Highway. I mean, it, it's a long climb. And you get up to the top, you can just see forever. You know, the mountains, the trees, it's just gorgeous. Riding up in the Finger Lakes, you're passing waterfalls. It's a lot easier to see things going 15 to 20 miles an hour than going, you know, 40, 50 miles an hour. Howie has been cancer-free for nearly 20 years now, and he plans to keep on riding. There's no interest in slowing down. Yeah, I am kind of view it as I'm living on borrowed time. 
I don't let it bother me. It, it's, you know, it, it probably eventually it'll get me. But I'm going to have as much fun as I can until it does. Many thanks to Howie for sharing his remarkable decades-long body odyssey with us. We look forward to checking back with him after another lap or two around the planet. Howie says that his wife has also recently taken an interest in cycling. They're going to train through the winter and next spring get out for some rides together. Hopefully without too many suicide squirrels trying to take them down. Next time on My Body Odyssey, another cyclist, very different challenge. How do you motivate yourself to manage a disease you don't yet have? Gene is a high-level educator in Boston who's pre-diabetic. He has a demanding job, a young daughter, and is getting his PhD. Yet it's essential he find time to exercise or he risks developing diabetes like his father and grandfather. You know, as a biology teacher, I would always talk to my students about, you know, um, epigenetics and how in a lot of times, you know, biology is destiny, right? But it's also your environment. And so I, I really do f- see the relationship between, you know, exercise and prolonging my life as a parent. A lot to learn from Gene and our experts on that next episode. So many Americans and people worldwide in this category of having elevated blood sugar, but not full-blown diabetes. We hope you'll tune into that episode, tell a friend about My Body Odyssey, and tell us about a friend of yours with a challenge that might make a great Odyssey episode. You can reach us through social media or leave a voice message on our website at mybodyodyssey.com. This is Robert Pease, thanking all our listeners from the whole team here. My Body Odyssey is a Fluent Knowledge production. Original music by Ryan Adair Rooney.